0: Hi, I'm Kenna Danielle, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1
1: KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLonestar.com
2: Don't know why. There's no sun up in the sky. I'll be since my main hey, life. good morning to the dulcet tones of the mornings with Lone Star, with Richard and Sean. Yeah, we're just checking with you. It's 9:20 on Thursday, March 29th. Good mornings, Lone Star. Dick and Skippy. He's still Dick. He's not talking right now because I bought tacos this morning. We got working tacos working in the studio. If you want to join us in them, pop on by. Give us a call. 936-647. Three seven seven six. Morning's Lone Star, sponsored by Conroe Coffee, Planesweep, Office Cleaning, and Centurion Wealth Advisors. Many thanks. Uh, as Dick pointed out, no, the weather's not storming. It's a pretty day today. But yesterday, boy howdy, there was a Skippy was kind of PTSDing there yesterday. And uh, actually, one of our Dick, you know, one of our listeners uh, piped up and asked, kind of for me, why the heck would I still be living in a neighborhood? prone to flood, flooding after after some house, and that's a really good question uh, no clear answers on that uh primarily buying a house is a is a bear and a half and i went through it once i don't i'm not in a, any hurry to go through it again uh nice thing about my house is the neighborhood i live in i bought the house insanely cheap but because of how the woodlands area has been growing i'm on prime real estate so my house value has literally doubled oh for flooding Well, here's the thing, it's flooding now, but sooner or later, developers are going to come in, buy the neighborhood, pay fair market value, just raise the houses, this is the oldest neighborhood in the woodlands, all the houses were built in the 70s, And, and what you can do, it's raise all the houses... Then just lay the infrastructure down, you know, they, you
1: even cap- have to did. Well, they should just start doing the stilt houses like they do in Galveston.
2: Well, some people ask me, what were the odds of me putting my house on stilts? That's not worth the money. Uh, you, you know, I love my house, don't get me wrong, but again, I, I live in a— Would the HOA allow that? Uh, I don't know. In fact, there's
1: only— That's a good—, that's a good The uh,
2: only two-story house in this whole neighborhood that, you know, in my part of the neighborhood— was one that was rebuilt and <laughs> well I'm, I'm laughing it's not really funny several years ago there was a murder suicide at this house it's like three houses away from me it hit the news and so it sat empty for a while afterwards and then um this family bought it and they decided to just like gut it and rebuild the whole house so it's the only two-story house on our block but a it's my home b i'm flood insured c uh, though this house has flooded in the past, you know, Harvey, I, I don't think counts because everybody flooded. People who never would have flooded before. It was one of those storms. My house will mo- most likely flood again. Uh, I have insurance for it. I've learned how to not put important papers and cardboard boxes in the garage. I'm sure someday I will move. In fact, uh, the way my property value has been going up, I told Mrs. Skippy that I have a, you know, like a magic number in my head. And if uh, I'm offered from a developer or a realtor or, or someone that magic number, I will sell in a heartbeat. But until the meantime, uh, I'm enjoying the, uh, the hotel living at the local, local La Quinta. FEMA has been awesome. In fact, uh, yesterday they just extended us again. And my house is, is rapidly becoming uh, completed. A lot of great work has been done by some awesome gentlemen so, uh, listener, thanks for your question. And, uh, you know, I, I take it to heart. Don't take any offense. Uh, you, you know, why would I still live there? You should there? be. Because I
1: love it. Nah, I, I love my house. Well, I mean, it is a little suspicious. Why are you really living there? What's really buried oh, under no, there? Oh, they're onto me. Great. You
2: guys seemed to have, didn't you? No, the primary reason is I don't have the energy to go through the whole home buying process
1: again. Man, low energy here in the studio. Oh, we, that's because you're eating
2: tacos and I haven't eaten my so taco good. yet. Oh, I've been talking man.
1: while you've eaten your taco. Well, covered you. you know, it is 61 degrees outside, so it's going to be beautiful today. There's a 40% chance of rain. It's not going to be beautiful today. And it's 88 uh, uh, degrees <laughs> is going to be the high, low is going to be 55. There's a lot of stuff going on here in Montgomery County, and especially in the news, so i got a lot of uh, topics to cover. If you guys want to join in, again, 936-647-3776. We don't have any guests today, so again, let us know what's going on. we got Facebook, Maureen's Lone Star, or you can call that number, 936-647-3776, IRLoneStar.com, slash MWLS. The shows from yesterday are up on podcasts, so if you don't subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or anything like that, you can definitely find us on our website, IRLoneStar.com com. Uh, so, if it's, let me ask you something, Skippy, while you're chewing. Has anything changed between yesterday and today? Besides the weather? Besides the weather, yes.
2: Uh, I got just that one day older, <laughs> one day there we go. closer to death. That happens. <clears throat> no, actually, got some, did, got some good work done yesterday. Got some video work. Uh, talked to some friends who are long distance right now. Um, hung with my mom for a bit. She cooked me lunch. And it was yummy. And then while I was working last evening, Mrs. Skippy went to my mom's house so she could have dinner with my mom and have the same stew that my mom made. So we were all happy with mom's stew. Go to mom. Go to mom. Go to mom.
1: Mom's got the stew. You know, it's funny. I started watching uh, The Sopranos. Oh, okay. And I've seen it a long time ago. That was like, I think when that first show came out on HBO, my dad really liked it. But then it had all the cursing and sex and stuff. So it just wasn't appropriate for young children and
2: this is about the mafia right well this is
1: why, yeah it's about the mafia so for christmas gift my mother bought him the season on dvd or whatever and of course i'm the only one who knew how to set up the dvd player and how to operate the dvd so i was like well if i'm not allowed to watch this then why should I? i remember having that was my first stalemate i'm like i'm old enough to know how to do this i'm not old enough to put watch what you're putting in it Man, that's deep. Like right now, with the school shooting yeah. thing going on, and uh, and I, I, my dad was like, "Well, you know, just just do it." I'm like, "Okay, I'm, I'm a I'm an obedient son." Then of course, when they're not there, watch it, whatever. Hello. And uh, I forgot the reason I bring that up is everyone calls their mom mom, so like the wife would call his mom mom, and mm-hmm. it was just like because it kind of threw me off. I was like, "Wait a second, what? That's not her mom." And then I guess people do that.
2: Must be a Jersey thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I it was it's it, the reason I wanted to check it out was because remember I told you about I was learning about numbers from the Cuban mob mm-hmm. when they came up into Jersey and, uh, and New York after the revolution in the 50s. And so that's what got me thinking about it. And it's very similar. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, n- never really thought about that. But yeah,
2: I, I didn't keep up with the Sopranos, but I liked it at the beginning. I think there came a point where I just didn't have HBO.
1: What's well, on Amazon Prime now? Is it? Yeah. Oh, good. I've got Amazon Prime. So there you go. We're just we're just changing people's lives here on Morning's a Lindstar. Star. So we got a couple uh, news articles I want to talk to you about. Skippy, you, but we're going to take a break. Okay. When we come back. I want to talk a little bit about this thing where people are allowed to sue Saudi Arabia over September 11. Okay. So I'm I'm trying to figure out the the like what is that kind of standard does that set? Because you know the you know the old argument now is like oh you went to war over here you owe us for reparations or whatever for you destroying our country because i mean i know poland recently did that as kind of like a kind of like uh uh, to germany when they were trying to make them do some eu stuff Mm -hmm. and uh i'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are and also your thoughts the listener so we'll be back morning the lone star
2: oh yeah life is bad Centurion Wealth Advisors is a veteran-owned
3: business that focuses on building and preserving our clients' wealth while guiding them to achieve their financial goals. This is where your concerns get addressed and help you start to breathe easier. Discover us in downtown Conroe, Texas. Visit our website at centurionwa.net or reach us by phone at
2: 936-756-1974. Centurion Wealth Advisors, now let's get your financial house in order. Keeps raining on. All
1: of the time Oh, yeah Life is bad Gloom and misery Everywhere Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star. I Star.com. And Connor's FM 10.5 <laughs> 104.5 106.1 That must have been a potato stuck in my mouth From their working tacos but uh, welcome back, Mornings Star. It's going to be skipping on today all the way to 11 o'clock. We're very, very excited to be here. We're on Facebook. Message us, Mornings Star. Call in 936 647 3776. We're brought to you by Centurion Wealth Advisors, Conroe Coffee, and Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. So I kind of made a tease. Uh, if you didn't know, through the correct channels, certain people were allowed to sue Saudi Arabia for over, over the September 11th attacks because if I understood the timeline right, There was an investigation between September 11 when it happened and today that there was definitely ties with the Saudi Arabian government then doing this. So people wanted to sue the state itself. And we actually, I think Congress actually passed it during uh, Obama's time. And now they're facing uh, the actual lawsuit. Hmm. Very interesting. So the reason I wanted to talk about it, was because do you think there's ever going to be a future with this kind of suing that's going to be effective? Because I really don't see anything coming from this because who's going to rule over that? And similar to like the Mueller guy doing the investigation on the Russians, like he does that thing on all those 13 Russians like a month ago. But do you think they're ever going to really – Grab those Russians and put them in jail. Oh, no, no, that, that'll never so, happen. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, is it one of the what do you call that? What do you the call cosmetic? Like, yeah, is this a cosmetic thing? Yeah, or
2: I, of course, with all my you know international relations degrees on the wall behind me, I say this. So you know, listeners, feel free to chime in and join the conversation on this. But it, I, I find it very cosmetic. You can't. You need to provide proof. Is this a civil or criminal? If it's civil. You have to prove that a nation, and again, it's like suing the United States. Who is that? The United States exactly. is not, you know, so you, assume, well, that's what you I'm sue about. the king of Saudi Arabia, the, the royal family.
1: You have to prove that they were
2: personally complicit. Well,
1: because I don't think you would be suing them. You'd be suing for their asset or for like you're basically suing somebody for their money that's in the United States. That's the one thing you can really touch. But someone has to, uh, whose money is it? You can't say, I, I want, you know, I'm suing uh, Fort Knox. I mean, but I think you can. I mean, you can, like, at least apply for it or whatever.
2: Because here's the thing. In a lawsuit, the accused gets the, well, has how, the right it, to face well, their accuser, so well, you for, have to have an accused.
1: Well, what would happen in a scenario where a government at the time does something so atro- atrocious And then 30 years later, similar people in the government are still there and they find out about it. If they committed war
2: crimes, then you take them to The Hague for the war crimes. So would this be
1: considered a war crime?
2: Well, that's that's what a you would file a suit with the war with the International War Court based out of The Hague for that purpose. You you know, you can't sue the federal government. You can't sue the office of the president. You can't sue the
1: district attorney.
2: Right. And this is where, let's say there's malfeasance, okay? You know, so they can be hauled up on criminal charges. Let's say, you know, and I'm not saying Ligon, so there's a hypothetical. Let's say a district attorney in a county, you know, was found. I don't pick something. Taking money under Take, the table. Taking money under the table. And we're not saying this is not a real thing we're talking about here. Uh, and, they took, and they took the money from Bob the informant. Bob can't sue the D.A. As far as unless I'm uh, I'm misreading my law, but the state can file criminal charges on the D.A. for it. But Bob's got no recourse, no civil recourse. Now, do
1: you think that's right? I think I think this is why this is a big deal in a sense of what is it setting up for the future? Because, I mean, I know there's a there's one angle that could be awareness, just spreading awareness that, hey, we have proof that this happened. Look what these people did. They're bad people and they're still around. But then there's number two where it's like, you know what? I really just want some money. they have money, they did something wrong, we can try to get it. And then our number three, let's like, let's put them in jail because they're bad people. Here's my personal take on it. our number four your board.
2: Yeah number four your board. Okay, so from the literally the moment before he took office, the current president has been under investigation literally it is, and it, it, some might be calling it a witch hunt now. it's just this is still going on, and it really should have ended a long time ago. Nothing's been produced. And we're going to look here. We're going to look back to the 80s when you met with a Russian
1: in your I'm surprised Russian they, hotel. I'm surprised they didn't say, hey, let's let someone else try so we can <clears> keep it going.
2: Well, that's the thing. And that's why I believe the current president is letting it happen because the second he fires the head of the investigations, which ordinarily should have happened a long time ago for overreach, and go, oh, he's trying to hide it. So we got to start a whole new investigation. So he's smart in letting it go on. But the thing was with the lawsuit is anyone can file a lawsuit on anyone for anything. I could file a lawsuit on on you for looking at me weird now. I, I can legally do that. And then spe- you spend the next two years of your life me just filing motion after motion after that. And, and that takes up your life. So when you can go after government officials, think about they'd never be able to get anything done. Because the lawsuits would literally be nonstop, continuous and continual. And they mean two different things. Look it up. But... Never, so there's that shield there, but that's why they are subject to laws, to criminal laws,
1: and they could be fined. Has there ever been a history in – the, in the history, has there just ever been something successful?
2: Of like suing a – Someone
1: suing a, like a government body?
2: No, not uh, not in a civil court. Now, in, in a case of war, absolutely. Now, yeah, yeah. if 9-11 had happened, would have been a declaration of war from Saudi Arabia, oh, you betcha. Well, you know, gas would be, you know, 3 cents a gallon right now cuz we'd own it. You know, we'd own the country. But that's the problem with with the terrorist situation and they were not a duly designated representative of the nation. The 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 German army in World War II was the official military of the Third Reich of Germany. Therefore, they were the state enemy. Yeah. Now, let's say <coughs> excuse me. Um so you could go after it for war crimes. Now, now we can go after it for war crimes, people who are involved in 9-11, if they're still floating around and they're caught. To this day, you know, if you, you can find a Nazi still alive and a Nazi hunter grabs them, they go to the, the Hague. They go to international court.
0: You, you go know, into the
2: Hague. You going to the Hague, and it ain't going to be pretty for you at the end. So there are legal ramifications. But in my humble opinion, just to say we can now sue Saudi Arabia because— Someone, they got money, and someone there allowed 9-11 to happen. I don't really
1: know. I was just curious. Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's hateful. Because I, mean, I think a, even it went through all the branches of government.
2: I, I need to research it more because on the surface, to me, I think it's such a dangerous precedent, but there may be a reason for it that I'm just not seeing. Yeah,
1: it would be interesting to see. I trust the system. It, even if there's a ruling, if it'll be respected, that's the real question.
2: There you Well, here's the thing. O.J. Simpson was found civilly liable for the death. Of the uh, uh, Goldman and and you just Brown. love
1: talking about him.
2: Well, here's the thing: he got he hasn't paid a penny. It was like a thirty million dollar judgment. Now, why has he paid anything? Because they can't garnish you. Here's the thing: oh, my money's in a trust fund. It's through a corporation. I don't get any money. And that's why when he wrote the book, if I did it, the 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 uh, Goldman family was able to seize it. And, and they actually changed the cover to make it look like it said, I did it. And they got to keep the proceeds from the book because that went through, through mm-hmm. the publisher. But um, no, OJ is paid, I think, very little oh, with geez. anything.
1: Now, in another greedy story, yeah? I wanted to tell you, this is kind of funny to me. You know, you know when you buy tickets to stuff, like on StubHub or any uh, ticket like ticketing system? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently the uh, Toronto Blue Jays have been receiving secret commissions on every ticket. StubHub. StubHub is probably one of the biggest, like top one or two.
2: Yeah, so I've they, used it.
1: So they've they apparently are receiving secret commissions on every ticket sold on StubHub for the Toronto Blue Jays.
2: How's, so how does that work? So let's is it well, I'm the front office, I have a ticket, I take it to StubHub?
1: Well, the only way I can see it the only way like it makes sense to me is the big argument is when like 8 a.m. opens up you know, back in the day, 30 years ago, the box office would open up and you come and arrive and buy the tickets. And then the scalpers would either get there first, buy as many tickets as possible, and then hang out, turn around and go, hey, I got some great seats. You want them for 25% above the going rate? But I think what they're doing is uh, Subhub has a system where they instantly buy things so fast and they know how to collect them. But I think they might have gone through to the Toronto Blue Jays.
2: Oh, okay. So there's like, they get first dibs, maybe. Yeah. And so and then the Blue Jays front office got it. Now, are there people named in that? Or is it just like the office? Because once again, who the got office, the money?
1: The office. Well, then who
2: signed off on it? So, This could go all the way to the top Is the owner of the Blue Jays, the guy that said, yeah, let this happen. So
1: yeah. It has to stop somewhere. Well, what it makes me think, too, is you know, the, the price of going to some stuff is very expensive. It can get very expensive, especially if it's a unique event that's only visiting the city. And this is where scalping it becomes a huge issue. And it's amazing to me that scalping is illegal, correct? Like, if, if I'm on yeah. the side of the street going, Yeah, you have to be buy a licensed
2: ticket reseller to do it.
1: So, StubHub is a licensed ticket reseller. Yeah, rese- I StubHub ticket master. I mean, who do they lobby to be able to do that?
2: Well, here's the thing if I have a ticket legally obtained, um, I can upsell it however much I want to. It's the, the other person's right to, to. Well, even
1: even the NFL has that,
2: right? But see, it go it's it's thoroughly it's properly taxed and noted as a scalper. It's not it's he's receiving a profit that is not being uh, uh, taxed. He doesn't turn around, reported on his a uh, uh, w W uh,
1: four two. Well, really, what I what I was trying to say is it hurts. Like StubHub hurts. Pe- the normal people who want to go to these events exactly because they concert have to pay. going has become prohibitively expensive. Uh, it's insane. It's just not. It's not possible unless you really once in a lifetime go and do the ticket. Because actually, what's funny is I've never had a problem with the Woodlands Pavilion because it might be like just the right size where it's not too big, like the Toyota Center where they get Justin Bieber and everyone's going <laughs> to scalp. Well, you know, like you know when Beyonce right. comes into town, they're gonna everyone's going to buy the tickets and resell them because. <laughs> People will spend $100 to sit up in the nosebleeds to, so like, be in the presence of the queen bee. Right. So... Well, I think what happens with the
2: pavilion is the lawn seating. You, you have a venue like that. It's... There oh, like, that are plenty of people who are cheap. I'll buy lawn seats in a heartbeat because it's free or, or five or ten bucks. And so that opens it up for a lot of people who would see it normally. The scalpers aren't going to be getting as much price for their ticket going, yeah, I got... Fifth row for three hundred bucks. Yeah, well, for ten bucks, I can sit in the lawn and grab a pair of binoculars. So I, I think that I think you're right. I
1: think Pavilion actually helps that. And you know, they're talking about putting up a new uh, entertainment. There's two two new entertainments. What do you call them? Venues. Pavilion venues coming. Uh, we got the Yellow Rose Theater, and then we have one that the city's thinking about doing. Mm. And I'm I'm interested to see what they can they can grab because they're, they they opened up a cool venue in uh, Sugarland. That gets has enough seating. It's arena seating. Yep. But you're not going to NRG for the rodeo and getting garbro tickets for a thousand dollars. Yeah, and the arena
2: theater. That's where, like, I took my mom to Gladys Night. There, that you know, the
1: the C D level uh, entertainment. It always where they go. it always amazed me about how expensive NFL tickets are. And like, well, I know a couple people who literally just have season tickets to sell them and that's When well, they go to a game they may go one or two games mm-hmm. but they pay for the whole season by- and,
2: that, and that's what i think stubhub should be used for because i bought like dancing with the Star tickets for mississippi through stubhub because someone bought them and then they're like oh i got an extra seat i don't care well if
1: they i think if they're willing to pay the problem is, is the stubhub people you you're you shouldn't i don't think if there's a way to track it but you shouldn't be allowed to resell any ticket for the first 2 weeks of of sales or hmm. Something you know, what I'm talking about because there's Interesting. like because you want people who are buying the ticket to go to the venue, right? So what happens is because I know it's going to be an issue in w- one show where it's like a plane ticket. You, sell, you price it too high. at seven. You just wait
2: till 7:59 before the concert starts. They, I'll, I'll give you a half price for it. Yeah. They've got to unload the merchandise.
1: Well, I mean, you, I guarantee you, there's a couple events that they did. They bought the computer bought all the tickets and no one bought them because they're too expensive and then so no one shows up. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, we. Saw, it's kind of like the Dynamo. That's what Dynamo really have a problem. They sell out. But no one goes to the game because someone's buying the tickets and not give it, put them in the hands of people in the butts. Well,
2: sooner or later, that person's going to be out of money. So, yeah.
1: The Hopefully. market corrects itself. You're listening to Mornings Lone Star. We'll be right back here on IRLoneStar.com.
3: Walk in the sun once more. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe, 7632.
1: We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com
2: There's no sun up in the sky stormy weather
1: Welcome back. Mornings Lone Star
0: since my
1: man Connor's FM 104.5, 106.1, hanging out with Skippy. Hello. So what did you want to talk about?
2: Well, a couple of things that uh, popped up in the, uh, the head of
1: us. oh <laughs> well, you know, before you get on to this. Yes. So apparently when I was talking about that Blue Jays, the Toronto Blue Jays, a Major League Baseball team, apparently all Major League Baseball teams have a partnership with StubHub. And to give you an idea how crazy the numbers are, opening season opening days today i think i believe it is yes it is so to give you an idea folks the opening day tickets for the toronto blue jays almost thousand tickets that's 45 percent of all stadium seats were posted immediately on a reselling platform which is crazy Eventually, people are going to stop buying. They're going to have like a, a concert that's supposed to sell out that no one's going to show up to. Well, I'm surprised they're not being investigated. In a sense of, they're basically Major League Baseball is getting two checks because they're getting mm-hmm. a check for selling the ticket, and then they're getting another check for for the resale of the ticket.
2: Well, if it's legal, they're going to get away with it. You know, they're going to do as long as they can. If it's not legal, then. They'll be under the microscope. Well,
1: you know, I'm honestly surprised that there's not an aggregator for the, offic- uh, like the the first wave of the box office. So, like, you have a starting price, and then when people buy a ticket, it goes up 0.8% or at 008 and, like, it just keeps going up. Mm-hmm. And that way they make as much money as possible. And then, like, why don't they just do that if they're going to already charge people twice?
2: you got to determine if that's going to be a corporate policy or a law. Because that's part of make it a law to, to, uh,
1: well, you you get the can of worms. You can almost auction it. You just have, an, you have like some computerized auction for every ticket and it just randomizes depending on what the behavior is of the like, visits and you know, all that stuff.
2: Yeah. I've heard so many, I've heard people say, you know, you should, your ticket should be tied into your driver's license number, social security, because so you can only buy so many. That, what if you want to buy an entire, if you have enough money to buy an entire stadium for your 50th birthday, then you should have the legal right to do so. And to have a law prohibiting that,
1: well, I mean, what you do is you just do something where you know the online purchasing can limit to ten, and then any purchase bigger than ten, please call this number. And even if they
2: do that, here's the thing: you get a company that okay, uh, I'm going to hire 100 people and I'm going to pay them three bucks an hour, and you you go online and you buy your 10, See, you I buy think, your but
1: 10. I, but the way to do that legally would be a lot, kind of like somewhere you sell in your home, it'd be like a bear of an issue. So, because what's what the issue with the StubHub is how like they're not physical people doing it. It's a computer going and buying the ticket, and it's a computer automatically posting it. So that's the issue. There's no there's no burden of time being spent. Is it like because scalping back in the day used to be really hard yeah. because you would lose money sometimes. So it's like a gamble in a sense. So, but this is like hey, all I had to do is literally just have. X amount of dollars in my bank account and I spend 75% of it by all these tickets and I make 180% back.
2: You're very good point. It's too easy. The, the well, and too easy. what's
1: crazy about it is that it means the demand's there. And that's what I'm thinking. If I'm the Blue Jays, if I'm MLB, why not have my own system where the prices flux? Because, you know, single day buyers will will be willing to pay a premium price because they're only going once. You really What you really want is you want to find that balance. I'm mad. This is my imagine if I'm a GM, you really want to find that balance of season ticket purchasers and keeping that price fair for those folks. And then when you sell day one tickets, you make a little profit on it because they're only buying one ticket. They're not putting putting in the time and effort to buy all the tickets for the season. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised they don't have their own system where, say, if I'm a season ticket holder, I pay $20 a ticket. But if I'm a day one holder, I'm paying $35 a ticket. Because I'm only buying one. I'm not buying, you know, 40. Because I know the Dynamo, when they first opened, they were very fair. And I know when the Arrows were around, very fair. I think it was like the average ticket price for a season ticket was like 18 bucks or something like that. A little bit lower depending on how many you bought. Because you can buy like a quarter season, half season, and whole seasons for the Arrows. I know that. But uh, but outside that, I mean, because I, I know the NFL, you know what they do at the NFL? Do you know how they do their season tickets? under the table. No, they do it as like real estate. So when and when the te- Houston Texans first launched in NRG Stadium, basically you they had an auction for each seat. Okay. And you you pay to have access to those seats to purchase the tickets. So bas- interesting. Yes, it's so basically like the people who I know, they now own those seats, but they have to purchase the tickets every year for those seats they are required to. So if they ever wanted to sell the rights to those, they could sell the rights to those seats for someone else to keep purchasing the tickets.
2: Interesting.
1: I do, see, but that see that allows StubHub to make money because that's what they could do. They could just say, "Hey, Business B, buy all these seats from these people, and then we'll we'll get someone to buy the seats after we own the seats." You know, I know it sounds really confusing to the listeners right now, but like think of it as real estate, and then you're renting out the seats.
2: No, that makes sense. And uh, I did have to go go flipping through the old headlines because something was tickling my brain. Back in the mid '90s, Pearl Jam actually sued and got a federal investigation onto Ticketmaster. Oh, they, I don't doubt it. Yeah, t- uh, Pearl Jam wanted to charge more than 18 and a half bucks for tickets in 1994 with service fees no more than a dollar eighty. Ticketmaster balked that it needed more. Um, they Pearl Eddie Vedder and the, and the the band hired a, a, a law firm. It, it Became known as Rock and Rolls, Holy War. Uh, Pearl Jam actually skipped their summer tour. Because they're like, okay, fine. We're not going to play.
1: Well, the same thing happens with, uh, like, iHeartRadio and larger companies. Like, for example, I do know for sure that the Pavilion has a company. And it's one of those... Live Nation. Live Nation company. And they do certain concerts. I think they do, like, six concerts or eight concerts a year there. Mm -hmm. And they have a certain price. They have a certain system and it's not through the pavilion.
2: Right. You got to go through Live Nation. Yes.
1: And I'm, that's where it gets kind of iffy because, like, I know every concert I've gone there is through the pavilion. It's, like, been fair. I can actually go up to the window.
2: Well, here, it's, it's all supply and demand. And if you price yourself out of a market and people stop buying it, it's, when they started taxing cigarettes so much to say, yeah, we're going to get all this tax money, people just stop smoking. It's like it's too expensive to buy cigarettes now. So you actually lose money. These companies will lose money. Unfortunately in the 90s Pearl Jam not only did the federal investigation end and ticket Pearl Jam actually had to keep working with Ticketmaster. So they put out, you know, uh, this is before Twitter, but they put out press releases saying we will always be at odds with Ticketmaster over this and they actually had to go back to the places that they skipped on their summer tour. They had to actually go back and play them using Ticketmaster. So no, t- I bet Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster has was a behemoth. stranglehold. No, it has a yeah, stranglehold. That was the that whole point. They had got a monopoly. And if you got StubHub and Ticketmaster and let's say Live Nation is your big three. I mean,
1: you're going to—basically, you when you purchase anything through these companies, you're going to pay a minimum 15% mm-hmm. in additional fees.
2: People are eventually going to stop paying. So. the,
1: the It'll happen.
2: Uh, the, mar- the market always corrects itself if you let it, eventually. And
1: I'm, I'm telling you that— Well, some people now, they just sell their own tickets. Mm-hmm. They, they go to the venues and they sell their own tickets. And, but
2: they'll sell it at— Original scalper-type prices where it's like, listen, I can't be there. Just I paid 50 bucks. give me 60 for my time, you know, instead of 150
1: Well, Well, I think it's also the mentality of people reading the receipt and they see six different charges, and if I see something a little bit cheaper and was only two charges, which is tax and the ticket price, I'll be okay with it.
2: Right. Well, there we go. So Dick and Skippy in the morning trying to fix the behemoth that is Bohemia. sounds especially.
1: like I need to get into the uh, scalping business.
2: Right, We'd be, I'd be a bad scalper. My, my conscience is just too guilty. Did you ever see Fast Times at Ridgemont High?
3: The, yes. the, the movie, you know,
2: the uh, the kid who was a scalper. I remember there's a scene where he's trying to scalp these tickets. He's got like Van Halen and Scorpion, just like this lollapalooza, and he's trying to sell them for twenty five bucks a pop. That just cracked me up. That was only the eighties. That's what that was an expensive
1: ticket back then. I mean, people will pay certain prices. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's crazy.
2: Now speaking of fast times, you know, Sean Penn was in that movie. Yeah, no. I know. Spicoli. Well, you know, Sean Penn is taking a break from acting, as so many others are. He's
1: oh, I thought that was involuntary. Like, I thought he's... Yeah well, that's really,
2: yeah, well, that's the thing. I choose to retire. I just fired you. No, I choose to retire. But not only... I, yesterday, I talked briefly about how he uh, was on one of the late-night talk shows and kind of made a fool out of himself. But now we've got... Um, He's a, he's a novelist, and he's written a novel that apparently is, is really bad. And hold on, my... Uh, Why is it so bad? Well, I'm trying to get the title. Unfortunately, my my phone just reset here we go let me let me get back to
1: you always have technology
2: problems i have technology well, why, don't we problems. Just go, why
1: don't we just take our sponsor break Te-
2: right? yeah we will come back and i Man, will and gotta... i will read poetry by sean penn when we return oh, yes if that's not a teaser i don't know what
1: is <laughs> we'll be back you're listening morning's alone star and connor's fm 104.5
2: 106.1 there's no sun up in the sky 7996, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Since
0: my man and I ain't together.
2: Welcome back. 10 06 of a morning. On Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. He's still Dick. I'm still Skippy. We are sponsored by Conroe Coffee, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, and Centurion Wealth Advisors. That's true. We'd like to get some more alphabet in our uh, sponsors. So if you want to sponsor us, let us know. Call us 936 647 3776. Hit us up on Facebook at MWLonestar or visit us on our website, IRLonestar.com.
1: Just to let you guys know, weather wise, 61 degrees outside, 80 degrees tonight or today, really, for the high and 55 is the low. 10% now. What's the right. humidity? Humidity is at 90%. Whoa! <laughs> Welcome to Houston. Yeah, area right. Yeah. And Montgomery County.
2: Birthplace of antiperspirant deodorant.
1: So I don't know if that's true, but nah, it should nah, be. I don't know what you're going with.
2: Okay, that. so before we went to break, I promised I'd re- read you read yeah, you poetry. So um Sean Penn, actor turned novelist, uh his his book is called Bob Honey Who Just Do Stuff. That that is the name of Sean Penn's novel. And um in the epilogue, he wrote some poems that have got people a little perplexed. Um, in one of the poems he, he muses, um, once crucial conversations kept us on our toes, was it really in our interest to trample Charlie Rose? Where did all the laughs go? Are you out there, Lewis CK? So for some reason he's opting. I don't know, right? Yeah. (laughs) This is poems. Um, and then he goes after the Me Too movement, of all things, which is funny. To me, it's funny. And what's with this Me Too, this infantilizing term of the day? Is this a toddler's crusade? Reducing um, some words in there I'm not sure I can see on the radio. Uh, <laughs> reducing um, assault and shaming, I'll, I'll say that. And suffrage to reckless child's uh, play. Uh, and apparently, uh, I, th- I think poets over the world should just... Bur- breaking his front door grab him and burn him an effigy for this <laughs> Oh Lord so I wonder if anyone's gonna actually buy Sean Penn are you gonna buy Sean Penn's book? No I, I don't am.
1: buy books I don't support the reading platform I don't, I don't support that
2: I too many words I, I, I think
1: I don't want to misinterpret things that, I mean that can end up badly for some people
2: so. this is true too many words I'll tell you what uh, what's a, a problem with words. Uh, you know, the, all those texts that are the the DOJ's releasing bit by bit um, um, from Peter Stroke and Lisa Page, you know, the lovebirds who were part of the whole uh, Russia investigation thing. Okay. But like every couple of weeks, they're coming out with even more information. And I can't believe that they're, that on this timetable, they just come across this and then they release it. I think they actually know everything, but they're just picking days to release.
1: You know, the same thing because, you know, WikiLeaks is in the the Julian Assange is in uh-huh. the news. And I was like, <laughs> Why don't they just release everything to see what happens?
2: Well, because then be over with. But here's the thing. If they did, I think there'd be a lot of
1: heads rolling. Now, remember, Julian Assange— No, sorry, I did. Yeah. Get you off track. What were these text messages? Were you talking about? Oh, yeah,
2: thank you. Um, Jeez, really (laughs) easy for
1: you (laughs) to— The latest ones
2: are showing that uh, because the Obama administration was very vocal, we have nothing to do with this. But more and more these texts are coming out saying, so-and-so has a meeting with the White House to talk about this Mm -hmm. and—
1: so what's this gonna do? Is it gonna do anything?
2: I'm not sure. But this is something that this is a question that I'm asking, and this is me with my Hardy Boys detective hat on. Uh, so it's, not, con- gonna, it's con- not gonna do anything. You know, right, the congressional subcommittee who is getting these texts are complaining that they're heavily redacted. That okay. what they're doing is they're they're finding that, that they say, we need the unredacted texts from these two private you know individuals. To f-. My question is, why are they redacted? Because you, it's against the law to. Uh, to text classified information on these phones. Therefore, to me, every time there's a redaction, that means that it was something classified, which means that there there are now hundreds, if not thousands,
1: of counts of. But well, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, I, I don't every know. Every time I, you talk politics, you know nothing's gonna happen. I know when Sean starts talking about, it, I was like, oh, that doesn't. That's not gonna come to anything. So I don't know. Hope springs eternal. Yeah, I know so, man. Nothing. I mean, nothing. it's been dragging out. I mean, unless they do something absolutely stupid, like go on. You know, Facebook Live, and claim that they're the shooter of somebody. Then, I mean, there's no.
2: But isn't even the absence of a, a resolution kind of resolution? For instance, let's say after two years, two and a half years, three, four, whatever, the Mueller investigation finally ends with nothing happening. Okay. No, that proves that there was no collusion. Okay, so
1: there you go. So nothing happened. Well, not. I mean, you can you can look at it at any angle you want to look at, but in the end of the day, it's like. What's what's next? What do you want?
2: What do you want to happen?
1: What do I want to happen? Yeah, I, I, f- mean, I I'd like to see justice done. People thrown in jail for wrongdoing. Well, I don't think about. I, I'd rather see heads fall. You know, I'm really into that <laughs> kind of French Revolution <laughs> stuff. No, uh, the
2: stockade, like like public I mean, throwing yeah, tomatoes throw at them. To them. I'm
1: like, I'm all for that. Like Highlander when they're a, running this them out This is a of community building exercise for the country. We We're gotta, all going to yeah. come together with Clarence. clearly. We have something to get out. We gotta get it all off our chests, and that might be a good heading. We don't really know. Are you
2: thinking of that that scene in Highlander when they think he's the devil because he d- doesn't die, yeah. and they, they put the, the 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 thing the wood beam across him and throw shit stuff Ooh, at yeah. him, stuff stuff at him. Um,
1: yeah, that scene. Yeah, no, I uh, I I honestly I don't know I don't feel like I know enough mm-hmm. to how the system works because I know there's clearly there's I know there's got to be examples of what has happened to those who've done something so wrong they go to jail or they're still in jail but like what the things that i've seen that stuck into my mind is they do something wrong and illegal that's nothing to do with what people think they're doing wrong like they might be you know a weirdo pedophile or they might be you know a, a, a launderer of money or you know embezzlement like those kind of things get them in trouble not oh, hey, I'm texting somebody classified information and...
2: Well, you got to you gotta go with what you have. For instance, like Al Capone, what finally brought him down?
1: Yeah, but wait, see, what you just told me, it sounded like they already had something. If they're redacting a text message, then that should result in some type of punishment because you're not allowed to do classified information.
2: Oh, I'm presuming it is. That's, what, that's why I'd like to know because the... A news report I read was that this congressman was complaining that there were too many redactions. They needed the non-redacted version. My question from that was, why is it redacted at all? If these are texts between two people and they're above board, the only reason you could redact something to give to a congressional subcommittee is if it's classified. And that's my thought. So I think the wrong question is being asked. Congress should be saying, why is
1: this redacted? Okay. But no one cares. No one.
2: You don't think so? No.
1: I think there really is a status quo. I okay. think if you get that large of a group of people together in control of certain things, like kind of like the gears in the world. Then there's a there's a status quo because you don't want to. There's like an overall fear that it all might come tumbling down and we go into chaos and anarchy happens.
2: It it always is the devil, you know. I mean, and that's the sad true point, Dick. I think you nailed
1: it. Well, you know, like I said, i been there's a, a book I want to uh, read now because I was listening to this author talk about the like I've been talking about the corruption. And the Mafia, and they're talking about basically today's mafia in the political system is whenever good chances that there was a mafia or corruption in a city fifty years ago, it's still there, like corruption never leaves the area mm-hmm. so I mean New York still has corruption somewhere, and it might have changed its face. It might not be the old school you know they they hang out at deli meat markets and stuff like that. they might do something else, but there was a I forgot what the I forgot what the city's called, but I can look it up on on the break. Is basically that every mayor they've ever had like ever has been arrested, except for one who died of natural causes. Wow, because of corruption or something like that.
2: Wow, that is insane. Now here's the thing about the mafia. I always view the mafia like today, kind of like Doctor Evil's organization. When Robert Wagner saying, "We went legit like." 10 years ago and now we make 10 times the amount of money I, Do you think that has the mafia grown to like where they're doing more legit stuff and it's before well, you laugh the, at that, well the
1: mafia's biggest issue from what i understood was the work were, were cashes. Mm-hmm. that was their biggest issue how to run cash because they couldn't go to banks they couldn't just take it to the banks and figure it out without risking losing their money that's why they always stored it somewhere and that was their biggest issue. So if they figured that out through either the stock market Bitcoin. or the housing market, kind of like similar here, where they had the Mexican cartel had all this money into these houses and stuff like that, and then they started storing it there. I think that's where they got caught, if I'm mistaken. <laughs> but I think they today there's a lot of avenues you can take to hide your money, and
2: because this is different from I'm not talking drug cartels. I'm talking about you know your your organized stuff. Well, drug cartels are is organized crime. Yeah, and it is. But I'm talking about when. That's what I'm saying. Your mafia, meaning your your typical Chicago, New York, whatever. The organized crime, not putting drugs into it, but you know the shakedowns. You you can take it, or the turf wars. You can keep it where you're always looking over your shoulder, or you can go legit and and find loopholes. You know, get get into Bitcoin or offshore accounts Mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, so that would leave for the mafia only the, and I don't want to put myself on anyone's hit list, but, you know, the punks, the lower level ones who do offer protection rackets for the local restaurants, that kind of thing, which almost sounds cliche nowadays, like a waste of time and money or time and resources.
1: Mm-hmm. So, well, I think also what, it, what the, the examples in the past show, similar to the political spectrum, is if, if the pivot switches, that's when people get in trouble. It's like you just got to keep it straight. Mm-hmm. Do the status quo, and the only way you really get in trouble is if you go against the status quo. And
2: that brings it around to what your original point was: that quite possibly all this investigation and everything is unless you're just there an may be idiot. smoking unless guns. Unless you're just an idiot, yeah, or a scapegoat—the one that says, "Okay, you're the you're the one that's going to take the fall for this whole thing."
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I can <laughs> see, it. I can see it happen. I can see a lot of blackmailing always being set up. And you know, when you talk about the honest politician going to Washington, D.C., it's you just start getting a. El- toes start going into the mud you know little little by little and it might not be something you're intending but by the next thing you know you're surrounded waist deep and you're like uh oh what do i do yeah. hey will metcalf watch out i'm just letting you know we're, we gotta watch out for those dc people
2: that's right we all know it's the cigarette smoking man from
1: x-files behind it all yeah, yeah. you listen more morning to lundstar we can take a, <laughs> a song break here on yeah. ironlundstar.com
3: life is bad do you want to know what's going on in Conroe? tune in to Keeping Up With Conroe. Keeping Up With Conroe will highlight upcoming events and local businesses in the area. Keeping Up With Conroe will air the second Tuesday of every month at 11 a.m. and will be hosted by the Conroe CVB staff. Keeping Up With Conroe will highlight Conroe's amazing attractions for residents and visitors. So tune in to Keeping Up With Conroe and join the staff of the Conroe CVB every month on Lone Star Community Radio. For more information about Keeping Up With Conroe and the Conroe CVB, Go to visit Conroe.com.
2: Hey, hey, welcome back to 1027. We're already in our final half hour of this morning's broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah on a Thursday morning. Uh, beautiful weather out there, Dick. What's it going to turn into?
1: It's going to turn into more beautiful. <gasps> if you notice, uh, the chance of rain has gone significantly down since we reported at the very beginning of the show. Sixty-four yeah. degrees outside right now. Highs gonna be eighty. Lows gonna be fifty-five. So it's gonna be another great day in Montgomery County. It's Thursday, so uh, tomorrow well, I don't think we have a guest tomorrow either. So it's gonna be us another boring day.
2: No dull, boring day with Dick. We'll, we'll find some way to spice it up. We'll do it the whole thing in iambic pentameter. Or Esperanto. That would work. If you don't know Esperanto, look it up. It is an invented language that this guy created hoping it would be the international language spoken by all Earthlings. And it kind of bombed spectacularly. Oh, and it works. That's what we're doing right now, right? Yes, because we already have English. Why wouldn't we want to learn another language? But... Whatever. Hey, I, I have an update from yesterday's news. Give me the, uh, the update sound effect. Update. Thank you. Yeah, not to be confused with the breaking news sound effect, which is... Right. Now, this is an update. Yesterday's (laughs) Skippy reported on Corey Feldman stating that he'd been attacked by a potential hit squad and stabbed, uh, and that the LAPD was looking into it. Well, then it turns out the LAPD says, Well, actually, no, we're not. (laughs) And they actually put him in. There's a video of him being examined by the police department, and they can't find any stab marks. And that's when the story changed to, Oh, it was with hypodermic needles, the syringes. And so it's this, you have Corey Feldman saying, yeah, it's the world's smallest stab wound. Um, I don't think it's going to end well for Corey. I think he was desperate to get funding for his movie because he was a voice of reason for a while. They're naming names and, and saying, you know, putting himself out there. But then he said, I'm, I'm
1: making well, a no movie one, about. This. I don't think people would want to spend money on that, though. That's what I'm saying. Like he wanted ten million dollars, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's just not going to happen, man. Yeah, especially if it names names of your friend of your
2: friend. And I, th- I think he was got a little desperate for money and attention. So, uh, Corey, hope it all ends well for you. That's what I can say on that. So that was our Corey Feldman update.
1: So if you know, there's a lot of local stuff going on, and I yes. have a question. I know the city council here, uh, they all agreed to gather info to talk about annexations. Now, why would a city want to annex something? To grow the city. So why would the city need to grow? Um, I'm just asking this as, a, as like a objective question, more, not like...
2: Yeah, more federal budgeting. You can get more more money, more more resources from the federal government, from the so state you, government.
1: Do so there's a need for it. So basically, I'm looking at it as in like, oh, hey, it'd be really nice if we could increase our income by 8% so we can actually get a better water system. Or we could get a better infrastructure over here for our education, or right. You know, and there is
2: also a political component to it, too. The larger city, the more Congress people you need. So you know that's where redistricting comes in. So I can guarantee you, when Houston, you know, Houston fifty years well, uh, ago, yeah, I
1: mean, I can't imagine that Houston fifty years. I mean, like just some just you imagine some warlord in a business suit going, "We need more land."
2: <laughs> exactly, and you know, those of you who don't know the six ten loop was supposed to encompass all of Houston. And before it was even finished being built, Houston grew beyond that, then it was the Beltway and then it's the Grand Parkway. So so Houston's growing. So there are good reasons for it, but also, you know, greedy reasons for it. I want, because the Woodlands has been fighting annexation forever. They said, we refuse to be annexed by Spring or Houston because we don't want to be up for uh, your taxes, your city government. Uh, your politics. We are a different city.
1: So... Uh, uh, well, I think what I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to get one of the city council people in here to explain to me, because... Like, I mean, I get it in a sense of, they're like, you can't stop growth. And I know we, we are expecting a lot more people here, and but it's also you're infringing... I feel like you're infringing, no matter what, on somebody right, well, all, with this process.
2: Because... A city can grow, you can grow until you hit your city limits. Okay. And then that's when, for instance, let's say the Woodlands wanted to annex Shenandoah because Woodlands not kind of surrounded by Shenandoah. Yeah. So you could try to annex it, but Shenandoah is absolutely not. We're our own little
0: yeah. speed
2: trap, which is what Shenandoah is. Sorry, guys, but I'm calling it as I see it. If you go 46 in a 45 zone, there they're going to pull you over. There's an important safety tip brought to you by Skippy this morning. So annexation means, let's say, uh, b- b- again, by annexing Shenandoah, then becomes part of the Woodlands. Woodlands is now grown even more. Uh, so Conroe is surrounded by, you know, it borders Montgomery, uh, Magnolia, Willis, you know, these places yeah. that. And so if you annex neighborhoods that are maybe in between, like, like rural neighborhoods that aren't, uh, they're outside of the Conroe city limits, but they're not quite up to uh, 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 Magnolia then you want to try to annex that neighborhood to make it part before of they annex it yeah and it's a turf war. so is this
1: like risk Are we playing a game of risk in montgomery county right oh, now i haven't played risk in forever i love that you think that's what we're doing
2: yeah sounds good let's get the uh converse city council uh candidates and that'd in be a good gift talk for them right <laughs> take it to the next uh candidate form no, just
1: fighting at their seats well
2: that's how a lot of battles should happen <laughs> just you know
1: in the studio with us joining us is jason from conroe coffee what's going on man hey i hear we're talking about city walls yeah we're, we're building city <laughs> walls and we're gonna have someone else pay for it
2: <laughs> yeah that's right it was a great wall of china we're talking about right
1: um, you know what we could talk about Did you know uh there was an eating contest down the street at the red onion cafe oh and no i won. missed it yeah somebody won yeah so uh in downtown Conroe last night they're uh maxima victus a chicken fried steak warrior uh um, <laughs> yeah apparently this happened he uh ate i'm trying to say i'm trying to find the f- it's five pound tower of stacked layers of Chicken fried steak. Oh, gross. Now,
2: you know this guy's birth name is probably Elwood Finkelstein or something like that. But well, he's going with Mac- his, he's, well,
1: he's an international food competitor. I mean, that's got to be. That's gotta be the coolest tax thing ever to put down. Uh, and he is, his name is Scott Collister or Collister or whatever. But he ate it. Uh, they have 45 minutes to eat all the food, and he ate it 20 minutes, I think. Wasn't it 16-something? Yeah, it was under 20 minutes.
3: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but it was the stack, but between each stack, it was garlic, mashed potatoes. Yeah, so, it
1: looks disgusting.
3: Yeah, it does. And no, how- the oh, meat. the
1: name of the dish was that? I thought it was the name
3: yeah. of the no. guy that won
1: it. Was no, that. If, if that was your name, And be a half an onion.
3: There was a half of a red onion on top of it. That had to be eaten, and half a basket of onion, onion rings. rings
2: yeah so leo's joined us from comrade coffee so we got we're no amply... this is dick's
3: voice it changed <laughs> yeah
2: he's, he's the bobby brady episode where they're trying to sing the song yes. and
1: his well you know, what, you know what's filming. really interesting about these foodie <laughs> challenges is if you don't beat them i can't imagine just the pain your body I think, yeah goes i hate through. to come and in second because at least it. you're like if you did it, you're like guys where they are they no, so
2: this winner was he one of those four hundred pound guys or is he one of those guys no, that was like one ten No, no he, he looks like. Four guys don't win. The what? little skinny Japanese guys win. I know. Four hundred right? pound guys don't win.
1: Well, well, heavy It's all, in, it's all in genetics, you know. The throat, the throat of those Asian guys could just <laughs> take down the food, right, Jason? <laughs> Math and food. <laughs> Matt, we walk bitch. into a buffet
3: and they're like, "Oh no, not you!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's very true because I've eaten that. Ryan's with you. <laughs> you know, I just I, I laughed when I saw a picture of it and like the fact that there was half an onion. I know. involved. Like, I'm not kidding. You. It's like it's cherry on top. Half an onion, red onion. Because
3: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's kind of like and probably was
2: so Chicken fried mount mal- layers, of chicken fried steak with garlic mashed potatoes garlic in mashed between. potatoes. Yeah. Then
3: another chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes. Chicken fried steak. It, it was huge. And the onion was on top. Half of an onion just. <laughs> and this is at a red brick tavern? Red onion. Red onion. Down the road. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's, there's a neighbor Joey. Are, are you
1: going to name the coffee shop Red Red something? Because everyone's Con- naming yeah. everything yeah, it like Red
3: around. Oh, yeah, no. Red wind. No. Don't follow the crowd. Be a
2: trendsetter. That's dude. right.
3: That's right. That's right. I like Conroe being an onion. name.
2: It was a
1: meat mountain. That
2: was my <laughs> opportune hunger
1: force. Yeah. No. <laughs> Reference.
2: Oh
3: dear. There
1: Jason, you have you tried
3: this thing? No.
1: I feel like that would be something you would like immediately try to do. I can't Right eat, when you read
3: about wait, it. But is it on
2: their menu or
3: No, it's oh. something he does. So I forget how many people signed up, but if you didn't finish it in the time, it was fifty-nine ninety-nine for the dish. Mm. But you finish it, it's free, and your picture goes on the wall of fame. But there's a lot of people on the loser wall. But he has I a wa- name for that wall. It's not that, but the wimpy wall or something like that because they couldn't finish it. They also ran. Yeah, That's
2: so he—it's just
3: something he does.
2: Yeah. because I know there's a Texas thing like with steakhouses, You know, the seventy ounce porterhouse. Yeah. You have one hour to eat it and it's free. Otherwise, you got to pay a hundred bucks for it. Right?
3: Gee, yeah. How well,
1: well, U.S. getting so fat. No
2: wonder. <laughs> I can't imagine.
3: Well, this guy has not proven that he's really
1: skinny. So yeah, like in in super size
2: me. They had this. Did you see the documentary Super size Me? Yes. Where they had the guy that. Like, for the last 20 years, he'd eaten three Big Mac meal, meals a day every oh, day. Oh, wasn't it? It was like 80 pounds.
3: Didn't he do it for a month? There was one where a guy did it for a month oh, that, and yeah. how his body changed. Oh, that
2: was the actual documentarian. Okay. But he was interviewing people, and he interviewed this one guy who was so addicted to Big Macs that for the last 20 years, it was, all he ate were Big Mac meals, oh. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But and the doctor was checking this guy out because uh, Morgan Spurlock, who's the documentarian, the doctor's saying, you got to stop this. It's going to kill you. And his fiance is threatening to break up with him. He's like, no, I got to do this for the documentary. Oh, okay. But the doctors then checked out this other guy and his like blood pressure and cholesterol and everything was was like perfect health. So they're like, some bodies can just handle it.
3: Oh, okay. It's or, a, You got
2: to
1: build it up. So when, like you, when, up when your community. kid is first born, like you, get them a, you get him a Wendy's Frosty. And then you start with that spoon feed the frosty and then you move, you know, at a higher like the chili. And then you it's start like, doing chopped up French fries. And, it's like allergy reactions. You just kind of feed them McDonald's yeah. until they get used to it. That's, that's right. Yeah. It's like antibodies. You know, it's a little so bit so of this. This is, this is what I love. I'm reading the article from uh, the uh, Condo Courier. So I, I imagine Joey, the chef, sitting there. And this is what this 32 year old man said after doing it. I think I'm going to order dessert. <laughs> it was not too bad, and then he said there was not one moment where I didn't think I could complete this task. So I'm thinking as Joey's the chef's like this guy <laughs> thinks he can come in and eat my yeah. my sixty dollar and says it's not bad. <laughs> Watch well, out, he's probably well, in your dessert. And man. then it's, I want to interview this guy now because it just says he competes in uh, over fifty head to head challenges, including a pie contest while studying uh, law. He studies law at University of Texas. And then he accepts challenges after running marathons and things like that. So but he
3: wasn't even available to talk to the courier before they actually ran the story about it happening. So I don't know how—maybe on the phone you could do it, you know? Well, we're, lo-
1: we're, we're, we're below the courier so that we can slip under the cracks.
3: Oh, gotcha. Okay. I mean, that's, we that's don't have
2: met- the reputation, so they don't know how, how important we yeah. are.
3: That's right.
1: You know, when you endorse people, you start getting enemies. So that's just, we don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> is right? <What? that? laughs> but I thought that was pretty funny. I saw that picture and, uh, you guys should check it out. It's an article in the courier man conquers five pound chicken fried steak meal at Conroe eatery. And, uh, yeah, good job, Megan, who wrote the article. It's, it's pretty dang funny. And it's, it's weird to me. This is what this guy does like traveling wise. Yeah.
3: Like how does he get paid? I mean, is this one yeah. of the, is
1: this one of those mythical things where he's like an Instagram star and I still don't understand how you get cash in hand, enough cash to like keep moving. I don't know what Sean does to make money. So Yeah, you see three productions. Oh
2: yeah. This is this is on the first part of my day. I leave here and I start the real job. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Jason, what do you do? And that's why I'm so <laughs> grateful for, for Besides Conroe, Conroe
2: Coffee. I'm so grateful for Conroe Coffee because I'm so, like, I'm fueled by caffeine. So Conroe Coffee
1: is, like, keeps C3 running as well as... Well, you know morning. Conroe yeah. Coffee is the best coffee shop.
3: It is. Thank it is.
1: You. In MoCo. and all of Montgomery County. Did you say MoCo? Are you trying to be, like... I'm trying to be hip. Or are trying to be
3: a Trying to be hip. How How about hashtag this?
2: MoCo
1: Coffee. Someone show me a coffee shop where you can watch live radio.
3: Anywhere in the world. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. I bet there's one. And soon. And one. One. In
1: Conroe. <laughs> in Conroe. Yes, right.
3: Anywhere I, in the I, world. I bet there's none. But soon you'll be able to buy a bicycle here too.
2: Or so we have fixed. that going on. Is there a bicycle shop coming?
3: Yes, there is. Ooh. In the back of the coffee shop.
2: So You there, didn't know about that. I, I did. I was letting oh, our audience
3: know. Oh. It's oh, little ooh, radio ooh. trick
1: we
2: do. Oh, I we, see. We, I'm sorry.
3: I mean, you got to fill me in, you know.
1: It's yeah. <laughs> okay. You know the coffee lingo. We know the radio lingo. That's right. Yeah. In other radio worlds, we got to be taking a break. I knew you were going to say that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. We'll be back. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Ain't
2: together. Keeps raining on
1: hey guys this is connor this is dick this is chris and we're with the ticket stub podcast every thursday live at noon on 104.5 and
2: 106.1 fm in the conroe area also anytime at irlonestar.com you go to
1: irlonestarcom backslash tts you can find all of our social media and don't forget we give away two tickets to the grand theater on every show if you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything has to do with the silver screen Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star. Yeah. Live from downtown Conroe, Texas. Join us the lovely Leo and Jason. (laughs) Hi. How are you guys doing?
3: Good. You all busy next door? Yeah, we are. With the shop's been busy, and then of course, they're in the back yeah, getting doing the that. build
2: out. Yeah, so listeners, if you didn't know this, they're building a bike shop so you can get yourself an espresso while you get your flat fixed. Absolutely. yeah. Well, you know what it really is for? It's to build a biking community in Conroe. There really
1: isn't one like specific- it's probably because the curbs are so high. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine yeah. bunny hopping? Like, Let's get to this bike shop. Woo! Well, no- bikes
3: shouldn't be on the path anyway. Oh, we'll tell that to the <laughs> officer. Oh, well, okay.
1: There's no true central location <laughs> for a hangout for bikes here in Conroe. There really isn't. There's not like a, mm-hmm. there's not even a bike rack. Well, We're, that's one thing I was talking to Ronnie about, the pub. Because for some reason, bicycle people love drinking beer. Don't get it. There's a there's a brewery out in Montgomery called Cycling Brewery. And I'm like, why would I ever want Because I remember going, I used to ride a little bit. I did yeah. like 40s, 60s. And I was like, afterwards, like, hey, you want a Michelob Ultra? Because I was like the sponsors of most of those biking events like why would i want a beer right now man like i just want water and food <laughs> it was really i mean i couldn't get I was yeah like, there's actually well, gary
3: the last ride he did um he's the owner of the bicycle shop he had 120 people on his ride so gary is a fireman in the woodlands and lives in new Waverly. um and he's had a bicycle repair shop bike shop uh-huh. in his barn for three years so he has a following they're going to be having a meeting here soon not sure when for a for a bike and camp. So, if anybody wants to be involved in this, they, they can have a meeting. Well, They're going to let you are know. Are you talking about
1: like at Sam Houston? Yes. Yeah. They can,
3: but they'll start down here hmm. and they'll bike up there. You can camp overnight. Anyway, so there's a lot of fun stuff. And he gets beer too from sponsors.
1: I'm telling that's what I'm so, saying. Like, it's one of those things I don't understand why they partner. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I'll never forget, I was doing the uh, Houston. They did a tour to Houston kind of thing, and I did that. I did a 40-mile ride. We drove all the way to NASA Highway 6, Galveston, and then we rode back. And basically right when I pull up, I'll never forget this, like, beer cart lady. It's like, oh, congratulations, you finished race. Here's a beer. And I go, you can stuff that beer. <laughs> like, I literally said that because I was just yeah. like, "Like you can go stuff but it. But like, some of
3: them do, though. I don't know why. Is it the the calories and all of that? I don't uh, know.
1: I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I it's just – I guess the way I drink beer, like, I hate doing anything active. While he doesn't drinking. want anything to take away from the buzz.
3: Right. No, so. I, I I see that. And well, it's kind of you... like
1: we see those Sprite commercials. They're playing basketball, and they drink Sprite. Yeah. And I'm like, I tried that once. It doesn't work out. Like right. Like, if you're drinking Sprite while yeah. playing basketball.
3: Yeah. No, I, I hear you. So... This is Gary. Oh, Gary walked in. What's up, man? Into the studio. Hello. And you can put the headphones on and say hello. So
1: you're the fireman that lives in New Waverly that's opening up a bike shop. (laughs) That is correct. All right. So what (laughs) what are we looking at um, in in a in a real world? What's the ETA? ETA? Uh,
0: Hopefully, hopefully in about two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. But you're currently fixing bikes now. Oh yeah, I've been doing this for three years. Out of a shop built on my property. So, so I got
1: a question for you. I, I I was telling them I rode bikes and I have a clip uh, uh, clip pedals. Oh yeah. I want to replace those pedals. <laughs> <laughs> what is because th- I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Like I just I hate not like I want to just get on my mic and go. Yeah. Right. So how do I get those clip pedals off? Because they've been on for about I don't know seven years. Do you have a banana three-range? seat uh, on your
2: bicycle <laughs> uh, and maybe a, a a card a playing card. No. Oh, Close yeah. pin to the spokes. no,
1: you know what a clip, you know, what clip pedals are. Yeah. Okay. They're Pedals
2: that clip on, they're like ski
1: boots. Yes. And so that's <laughs> why But I'll, not. Yeah. No. Yeah. You what's definitely. What's the best method of like, cause I'm guarantee, cause I rode in a couple of races, it rain. Oh yeah. And so I guarantee you they're just.
0: Uh, bring it to me is the best method. So there you I, go. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good answer. That's
1: a
2: good uh,
0: answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, some of those, um, they're, it's reverse threaded on one side. So I've had a lot of people come in and go to take them off and they've tightened them with cheater bars, so we have to take a, a a torch and heat it up if it's metal and try to oh, so the and process. cool it off real quick and then... Uh,
1: for some reason, I thought it was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, just use white vinegar and soak it and then somehow <laughs> that
0: helps. Uh, Navel jelly will help uh, with corrosion, too. I've learned that from cool. working on triathlon bikes, which, you know, all they do is sweat and Oh, it's gross! It's Ugh. disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Like I did a bike, I did
1: a bike ride in Galveston, and I'll never forget the, my nervousness for the next like oh, three yeah. days. So, I was like, I wish I just had a bathtub big enough where I could soak yeah. it, and dunk it. It'll rust quick. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, that was really funny. That was a fun day. <laughs> but uh... That's so,
2: awesome. Dick's wanting to get his bike uh, upgraded. uh... Can do you have the streamers he can put on his handlebars? Oh again? yeah, I got streamers. Those Aww. ones broke. Those ones broke off a long time ago.
0: I want to get a bucket in the front. <laughs> <laughs> We, we, I can get one that'll hold like a six pack. We a little Toto basket.
1: No, we were just talking about that. I go, one thing I never understood about the biking community is the beer connection. Because <laughs> I was saying, like, when I go on these rides, you get off, like, you usually end like, oh yeah, okay, here's your drink, here's your free beer. I'm yeah. like, I don't want a beer right uh, now. 9 in the morning. Ten in the morning when the ride's it's over. It's like no. offering a
2: beer to a marathon runner <laughs> yeah. at the end. Give me the
1: Gatorade. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I guess it's just one of those things. That you slowly gotta. I mean, yeah, I, you gotta build a tolerance for. I couldn't know alcohol like alcohol
0: after the. Ride. It's like antibodies again. It's I mean, like, I
1: might be able to do it like five hours later yeah we, but immediately after i get off the bike and unclip i'm like i'm just need to like lay on the ground a little bit that yeah. probably means i'm out of shape but i'll just drink the water
0: <laughs> uh we had a race in leadville colorado i did a hundred mile race a while back spent some years back and the altitude really messed me up and sierra nevada sponsored the event so i was excited about drinking beer afterwards well when i got done with that race there was no way i could drink beer yeah. So luckily, we brought a paramedic with us, and we had an IV bar set up at the house. So as soon as I got, like, three bags of fluid in my arm, I was able to drink beer after that. But See, the I, I need
1: a traveling paramedic now.
0: <laughs> That's what it sounds like. This
2: is hardcore. <laughs> I mean, I just built a little ramp out of a 2 by 4 and a cinder block, and I was all that. You guys are like,
1: no, I got my own no, paramedic. No, the riding community is crazy. Like, I, I mean, I do not i never been enough to where I was in— a club where I could draft or anything like that, yep. but I rode with my cousin and two other friends, and we would do that depending oh, yeah. on you know what the race how bad. Like for example, when we rode the one on high old Highway uh, six, the NASA, the the wind was horrible. Oh, you and did that one? Yeah. So you had to do you had to drift. There's no trees blocking. The- uh, yeah, nothing, and uh, that was really interesting because my cousin's one of those guys who goes you know go hard or go home kind of people, <laughs> and I couldn't keep up with it. I was like this
0: guy, come I'm on man. home. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's similar to NASCAR. You know, you use about twenty five percent less energy when you draft off somebody but and it helps yeah my riding partner is my wife and she's five six and i'm six so you're, you're like hey you take yeah, point it's not it's not I can't they just went
3: to oklahoma and took second place in a tandem oh, bike tandem. race
0: we did a gravel tandem race
1: now do you, your bike is it like a standard tandem bike you can go buy a pawn shop or do no. you actually
3: it's not like jason's dick yeah. no. <laughs> it's not like that
0: <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a company that specializes in uh off road, yeah. Oh, off road. Okay. Yeah, it's, it was a uh, all off road, uh, dirt roads in Oklahoma. So. Okay. Wait,
2: so so if these are tandem bikes, is technically so if if you're in the lead, the, yeah, the front bike, the captain, but then the other one is like just behind. Is, is that technically the second place, and then your partner? Yes, I mean, it's,
0: it's. I tell her that, but uh, well, does no, Te- technically, that, honey, you came in third. Well, how
1: right. that works is if you entered is as a bike. Instead of as an individual. so like like when you have uh, like for example rally cars and stuff, they mm-hmm. enter as a car, so the people in the car get all yeah. first
0: place. Yeah, Aww. but I tell Christina. her, I'll tell her she gets first. Like especially if I had Mexican food the day before. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
2: <laughs> okay, there's a visual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we actually there was one race we did. We did Ravens Revenge up north. Oh yeah, the Huntsville. Huntsville, and we all slept in the, st- in, the in the studio because... That's,
2: that's why we got clean sweep office cleaning. That is what? Yeah. Uh,
1: that what that smell I'll never read clean that because all office these cleaning. homeless people would be all in front of here and I was like, can these guys <laughs> shut up? I'm trying to sleep. We got to wake up in three hours and get out there.
0: Uh, you should have uh, turned
3: those speakers on and talked to them. <laughs> Go away. Uh, yeah, I'm trying w- to sleep in here. You would know?
0: They probably would have walked around looking up in the sky for a yeah. while. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's a good ride. That's a cool, cool... There's actually a lot of cool places to ride around
0: here. Yeah, up north is getting... Ravens that that one has been going on. It's that's one of the most popular. When that goes right, not too far from where I live, it goes through New Waverly Some, but uh, a lot of good rides up here. A lot of good roads. Uh, everybody up down south tra- travels this way to ride because yeah. it's just less less traffic. I mean, twenty fifty four. I don't know why people do that, but they do it. Oh, with the Yancey Concrete Company right there. Like, I've been I've been buzzed by concrete no tracks. there's so many 18 wheelers on that oh, road yeah. and
1: i see those riders like someone's gonna get clipped yeah there's a good ride uh right here on the loop 336 the north uh east side yep. i forgot what that's like technology Mike Metter, or whatever yeah, Mike Metter, they the... have like huge oh yeah huge lanes for the uh what do you call those lanes that are to the right and left what are they called tell me out i'm going blank uh, turn turn lanes? Shoulder, no, lanes shoulder lanes they have huge shoulder lanes yeah You know how we used to have on Highway 45 in this area that they (laughs) made it into an HOV lane. Yeah, Yeah,
0: without really putting signage up. Yeah, (laughs) they don't care. No.
1: But uh, we got to be going. Unfortunately, we got to sign out. If you're listening to Mornings Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget, today's show is sponsored by... Centurion Wealth Advisors, Clean Sweep, Office Clean, and, of course, Conroe Coffee. Sean, we'll see you tomorrow. Dick, I'll be we here. we got to get you guys back here tomorrow because we don't have a guest. If y'all are around, please stop by. We're we'll going to be live at 9 to 11. And don't forget, today's show was podcasted, is going to be podcasted, on iTunes and Google Play. So stick around.
2: Oh, yeah, life is bad.